Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode for Sunday, November 27, 2022. It's entitled, Telling Time for Beginners, Final Warning. You know, we've been in Telling Time for Beginners for a long time, several months. And the whole idea of telling time for beginners is to be able to understand what time it is prophetically. It was done to help new believers in Jesus Christ to better understand Bible prophecy. Also, it was done to awaken sleepwalking Christians to the times in which we are living and to lead the lost to faith in Christ before it's too late for them. We're probably going to wrap up Telling Time for Beginners with this episode, but don't worry, we'll be back next week with a brand new series. It may be something about Christmas time and the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It may be something else. I'm thinking and praying about that. One world government has never, ever existed on planet Earth but it was predicted to exist in the future 2,500 years ago in the detailed ancient writings of Belteshazzar, a man promoted to the highest levels of counsel to at least three kings, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Darius the Mede, and Cyrus of Persia. Belteshazzar was so highly respected that even today, six towns in the Near East claim to be the home of the tomb of Belteshazzar. Now, he's known to you better by his Jewish name, Daniel. His writings were so highly revered that Magi came from the east to Bethlehem to find the Messiah who had just been born because of the writings of Daniel 500 years earlier. That's how much sway and influence Belteshazzar or Daniel had. Let's go to the book of Daniel in chapter 2. Now we're breaking into a long story where King Nebuchadnezzar has had a dream that he can't remember. Daniel is brought in to not only interpret the dream, but actually to reveal it because Nebuchadnezzar said he could not remember the dream. That's a difficult challenge. But Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they besought the God of heaven, and God answered, showing Daniel obviously the dream, but also the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So we're breaking in as Daniel is beginning to explain what the king had dreamed and what was the meaning of that dream. And I'm telling you, what you're about to hear has implications, I believe, for you and I in the age in which we live. So in Daniel chapter 2, starting in verse 26, we're going to read all the way through 
verse 47. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, This secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, For as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron 
for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Forasmuch as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. So in a sentence or two, let me explain what has been revealed to Nebuchadnezzar as the king in his dream and, and what Daniel explains about the future of the world beyond us. But I think it's closer than we realize. God says in relation to how they dealt with the Jewish people, there would be four world kingdoms that were of any significance to him at all. Think about that now. And it's because of their dealings with his chosen people, the Jewish people, through whom the Messiah would come. He mentions Babylon, Medo-Persia, first the Medians, but then Persia. He mentions Rome, the um, the belly and the legs of iron, okay? And then if you know your world history, you know the Roman Empire before it faded away, although it never died, it was never conquered, and it will come back. That's what we're seeing. Before that time, when it, when it kind of receded into the uh, antiquity of European history, it split into the the Eastern Roman Empire and the Western Roman Empire, right? You know all about that stuff. Rome and Constantinople and so on. That empire is coming back and it will rule the world and it is through that revived Roman Empire that the beast, the one we call the Antichrist, will gain control of the whole world. But it is that final human kingdom 
that the stone cut out without hands. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ is not a mere man. He is the perfect God-man, God in human form. The Messiah will return and destroy that final dreaded world kingdom, and he will set up his glorious eternal kingdom, which has no end. Amen. This is what Daniel just revealed to King Nebuchadnezzar. And you know what? Just as God said, and just as Daniel explained, that's exactly how history has unfolded since the time of Daniel. In fact, it is so exact that people that I think who do not know the Lord and do not trust his word, the only explanation they could come up with, because it is so spot on of how history unfolded after Daniel's time, that the only thing they could say is, well, uh, uh, Daniel wasn't actually a real person. It was somebody who wrote in the 200s BC, after all of this happened, that's how they could be so exact. Are you kidding me? (laughs) If you know God at all, you know that God can easily predict the future. And that's exactly what God did. And that's exactly how history unfolded after the time of Daniel. So even though you might not be able to, to recount to me, repeat back to me what I just explained, the main thing I want you to know is that God revealed to Nebuchadnezzar, and then obviously it was interpreted by Daniel. And he, he revealed it really to the king because the king couldn't remember it. God has explained that there is a final human government coming to this world which will control the entire world, and it will not end well for the people of the earth and for that kingdom. So this is what's been explained. But it is that kingdom that Christ will return and he will demolish it, totally demolish it. And he will take over as the rightful ruler and king of this world. Now, if God says something once, that's enough. But if he says it twice, you better sit up and pay attention. Guess what? Let's read Daniel 7, verses 15 to 28. Now, this is a lot of time has passed since what we read in Daniel 2. So many, many years later, decades later, I believe, Daniel is shown something else, but it's about the same thing. Daniel 7, 15 to 28. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by me and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, so Daniel had has seen these uh, four beasts in a vision, but he didn't know what it meant. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings. And think of that not only as the king, but the kingdom they represent. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. But 
the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamp the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows, I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise and another shall rise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. So Daniel is has explained to him this vision of the four bees, and Rome represents the fourth beast, but Rome was never conquered. It kind of just went into a coma. <laughs> it receded into the, the laws and the governments and countries and kings and all of that of Europe primarily, but certainly of the areas that are represented in the Roman Empire. But it's coming back. It's going to be revived. And that kingdom will be 
in terms of being good for people, it will be the most awful kingdom human government the world has ever suffered under. It's comply or die, baby. And it will have a total chokehold on everyone who lives on the earth. You can read all about it in the book of the Revelation. And Jesus Christ himself warned about this time of tribulation, especially the last three and a half years, the great tribulation, this time of Jacob's trouble, I believe Jeremiah calls it. I think it's Jeremiah. And this awful kingdom that is going to come upon the world, it's really uh, the kingdom of the beast, the Antichrist, but it's really Satan literally indwelling the Antichrist and ruling the world for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation period. And it will be an awful, awful time. But you know what? That's not the end. Now, that's the last human government on the earth. But guess what? The Lord Jesus Christ is returning to be welcomed as the true Messiah of the Jewish people. That's the saints referred to in what we read here. And the church is coming back with him. So we will already be in heaven. How else could we come with him? The church is coming back with him and he will set up his thousand year kingdom over the, the earth. And then when that thousand year kingdom has run that thousand years, there will be his eternal rule, not only over the world, but the entire universe. And we can only guess and wonder how awesome that's going to be. So the main takeaway I want you to get as you're tracking with me right now is this. There's coming to the earth a final human government. And it is that government and its leaders that the Lord will return at the end of the tribulation to destroy and take over that kingdom and bring in his wonderful millennial rule from Jerusalem over the entire world. Are you in or are you out? Are you on board or are you not on board? That's a question. Now, I set all of that up to tell you what I'm about to tell you. Now, listen carefully. Last week, and I'll have my calendar in front of me. I think it was Friday or Saturday, but like within, within a week of when I'm recording this. At an Asian leadership summit in Bangkok, Thailand, Francois Macron of France stated that the world needs a single world order. Now, that's, that, those three words are literally what he said. Well, he said it in French, maybe, but I think I actually heard part of what he said. It was in English. I was surprised by that. So he spoke this in English. He, he stated that the world needs a single world order. Now, this is not the first time 
that he has stated the need for what we would call a one world government to basically control things. And his, his viewpoint is that, that we not blow up the planet, you know, and each other. But he's very clear that the next government of the world that we need to get to sooner rather than later doesn't respect borders or countries or anything like that. It will be a global government that controls the world. Now, I paused right there. That wasn't dead air. I didn't go dark. I paused for emphasis. Do you realize what we are hearing by people who lead governments today? That we need to get rid of the political governments we have today and all unite under one global government. That's what Daniel said would happen 2,500 years ago. And that this government that would be formed that would rule the world is the government that the Lord will return to destroy. Do you realize where we are? I want to wrap up telling time for beginners this way. I want to wrap it up with the last six verses of the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star and the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that heareth say, come and let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. In verse 20, which we read here near the end, he says, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. That's the Lord Jesus Christ saying that. The word used in Greek is where he says, Surely I come quickly, is the Greek word takas. People who like rebuilding old cars and model cars and stock cars and racing cars and all of that will be completely familiar 
with the word tachometer. That is an, a meter on those cars which, which uh, accurately records the speed, the swiftness of that engine. The word tachus, the Greek word, means swift, fleet, quick. It can mean ready and prompt. Now, we know from what the Lord Jesus Christ said in the Gospels and what he said here in the book of the Revelation, we can sum it up this way. When all these things begin to happen more and more and closer and closer together, you can safely assume we are living in prophetically momentous times in a spiritually significant season. Telling time for beginners means if you are not a Christian, if you are lost, it is time for you to get saved, to come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin and to receive eternal life through him. If you are a Christian, but you've been going astray and not fighting the good fight, it is time for you to get right with Jesus Christ. That's what time it is. And I hope after this series and especially after this episode today, you are able to tell time better even if you feel like you are a beginner. Some of you may want to talk with someone about becoming a Christian. You can go to chataboutjesus.com, chataboutjesus.com, and you can chat there with someone who can discuss with you how to become a Christian or how to really get on track as a Christian and live for the Lord and occupy until he comes. The way I understand Bible prophecy that I've studied since I got saved, which was in 1973, this is the way I understand it. We are very close, I believe, to what is called the rapture of the church, where the Lord doesn't come back to the earth, but he comes in the air, catches away his bride, the church. We go with him to the place he's prepared for us, while seven years of tribulation unfold on planet Earth, then we will return with him. I think we are very close to that time. I don't know when it'll be, but if I was lost, I would want to get saved today. If I was a Christian that had gone astray, I'd want to get right today. That's what you need to do. I thank you for listening to telling time for beginners and listening to This Week in the Word. We'll be back next week, I believe, with a, a new series. And if I don't die first and the Lord doesn't come first, I'll be back next week. And I so enjoy sharing the Word of God with you. I hope you will like this episode, follow the podcast, and share the podcast. I mean, right here, right now, right from where you're listening. Share it with someone that you want to hear this message. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye-bye.